and welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacy.com as well as our dedicated website ladieswholondon.com to find out more about us, our tours and what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Ooh, I think that's the slickest one we've done yet, mate. <laughs> that was very calm, very mellow today. Very calm and mellow, yeah. Yeah. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Recovered from the excitement of last week and our one year anniversary. Oh, I loved it so much. I mean, I didn't like the fact that I lost. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, so much fun. Yeah. And I just think like... We laughed our guts up. Yeah, like need to do more quizzes. Like you can't go wrong with a quiz, can you? It's just <laughs> I so don't know. Much I fun. think I feel like everybody's maybe a bit quizzed out after the last year and a half, but it was really fun to have I mean just just be amongst friends and be a little bit tooty and and yeah, just have some fun. I think it was Absolutely. a great way to celebrate. Yeah, and I, I liked that Lee was asking questions related to the pod because it then well, afterwards <laughs> I started thinking you know there's been so many episodes and when I think there was one question where he was like okay episode 15 or episode 26 (laughs) it's like wow god there has been so many different subjects and things that we've spoken about Alex Lacey it really is and you know what we've had some really lovely comments this last week um we've had people getting in touch to say that they were laughing their socks off at last week's episode which is good (laughs) because we didn't know if anyone was gonna like it at all (laughs) laughing their pants off if they were gonna hate it but um what I think was really lovely is that it both made you and I, because we've been messaging each other quite a lot this week, just going, wow, we've done a year. And I think yeah. we're so super proud of each of ourselves for doing that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, it's been so lovely. And it's also been really easy as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, it's just felt really, I don't know. Felt just, right, hasn't it? It's felt right. Absolutely. <laughs> We're being super mellow today. <laughs> we are, aren't are we? I, I can hear my, because I'm sometimes I listen back to the pod and I'm like, oh my God, my voice is galloping <laughs> away. But today I'm feeling, feeling very mellow. Feeling pretty mellow. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've just been out for three days of guiding with oh, um, some of our, our lovely colleagues um, with an agency that I work with an awful lot. And it's been really high end because it's been trying to um, uh, showcase London and working with, with um, agents from the US. And Honestly, we've just I've just come back from four hours in the pub. Um, so I'm probably slightly drunker than I was last week. Um, and it's been so nice. Just, I'm so revitalised from getting out there and doing our job again. And I cannot tell you how exciting. Well, I can because, you. well, I don't need to. You know how exciting it is to get back out there. Um, but didn't you, I saw on your Instagram, you saw mermaids. Yeah. Not only mermaids, we saw royalty, mate. Did you? Yeah, we had Prince Edward there this afternoon. Did you? Couldn't put anything on social media about it, but yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness me! Oh yeah, mate. Oh yeah, mermaids and Prince Edward. Well, very there very you similar go. beings, you know. Well, absolutely, um, <laughs> yeah. Both rather fishy. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it but it's been, no, it's been lovely, that. and we've been guiding, and it's just been oh, it's been fab. It's been fab. So yeah nice and we've got some thank yous to say this week because thank you so much to everyone listening you have all been so lovely with the one year anniversary you've reached out to us and sent us messages and all kinds of stuff and we've loved it and we've had a couple of gifts haven't we (gasps) 
I've got a couple of gifts and you've actually got a couple of gifts that you're going to open I now. Have. So you? firstly, massive thanks to my very good friend Stacey who sent us a cake um, uh, for our one year anniversary, which was delicious. I didn't get to taste that cake, Stacey. Well, you but... went on holiday. No, I was away, but thank you so much. <laughs> I can tell you it was delicious. Um, what flavour was it? It was strawberry. Oh, strawberry. Oh, it was Honestly, it was gorgeous. Oh, Stacey, I need to give you my address next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, next year's going to you. Um, but that was so lovely. So thank you so much, Stace. But we've also got two presents here. I'm going to give you a little bit of... Ooh! Which are from um, one of our lovely followers, Hannah, who has actually been following both you and me since uh, pretty much 18 months the start of the pandemic, really. And she is a an amazing um, seamstress. And she does loads and loads of work on theatre costumes and in fact one of the things that she has been uh, spent the last well the pandemic really doing has been stitching the bodices and the shoes and things for the cast of frozen the musical wow god yeah. what job i know absolutely and she's um she sent me a beautiful stitched uh, bag for global tea break which she didn't used to do on instagram and um she sent us these so i haven't opened them yet and you're not with me and i've not been able to get them to you so we're going to open them well, I'm going to open them and now. They're in like kind of like a, a black and white stripy bag, just Beautiful. to describe it to people. And she's she's labelled them Alex and Emily, so we know who's who's. Do you want Ooh. me to open yours first or mine first? Uh, you can open yours first. Okay, all right, I'll open mine first. Um, Gosh, like Christmas. I know this is lovely. It's so exciting. Ooh. Oh, I'm tearing. I'm tearing. They're like little humbug bags. You know, they are, aren't black they? Black and white mint humbugs. Mm. So let's see. Oh, it's beautifully wrapped. <gasps> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, Emily. So I told you she does stitching and embroidery. <gasps> well, she's actually cross-stitched something here. Now, she, she um, has her own needlework, which is called Said in Stitches. It's got a lovely little tag on it. Can you guess what she's written on it? It's new, new pants, please. New pants, please. Oh, my God, With that's fantastic. With a pair of knickers. Is that and, like white pants? Uh, they're little blue and yellow stripy pants. blue and pants. yellow we'll, stripy we'll, we'll put some pictures of these <gasps> on our Instagram. Fabulous. That is amazing. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm going in for yours, mate. I'm going oh in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't wait to see. <laughs> I bet it says, should we guess? I reckon it says goth guide on it. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Boobs for days. But it could be boobs for days. Absolutely. If this is of no interest to people, then they can just fast forward to this. You've got <laughs> yeah. new pants, please, as well. I've got new pants, please. Oh, and I've got pink pants. Oh, that is so Oh, good. that is so amazing. Oh, Anna, brilliant. thank you so much. Thank that is you. Absolutely Gosh, delighted. Talents. Yeah. Wow. Look so at that, that is babe. going in pride of place. Absolute pride of place. God, our own, like, little bit of merch there. I know. Which we're not giving away. We're keeping not giving away, obviously, but just <laughs> our own merch. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, bless. So thank you so much, Hannah. That is an, uh, a really thoughtful, just gorgeous gift. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, also, I've got a little shout out for lovely Gina. Yeah, who emailed us this week. <laughs> so um, I guided you uh, around London a couple of years ago, Gina. So thank you very much for getting in touch. I'm so glad that you are loving the pod. Yay, how fantastic, <laughs> how fantastic. Um, and before we get into the podcast this week, we do have a little something that we're going to do, don't we, Em? Yes. Yes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, mincemeat. 
Operation Does any cast cast your mind back, guys? You might remember, I don't know what episode it was, but Alex told us all about Operation Mincemeat. And you might or you might not be aware that in London at the moment, um, in Southwark Playhouse, is that yes, right? Yes, Southwark Playhouse, yeah. Yes. Um they uh well, they've already been performing Operation Mincemeat and they've yeah. just released some new dates and yeah. So Operation Mincemeat has been on for the last, I think, six weeks. And I tried to get tickets to go and I couldn't make any of the dates. Basically, they've been selling out. And so Southwark Playhouse are putting on another, I think, two months or so of dates from the start of January. So what have we decided to do? This is probably complete madness, but we're going to do it. <laughs> so we've decided to go, yep. which is not what's completely That's not madness. Is. That's all right. Um, but we've decided to kind of, you know, extend the invitation out to you, lovely listeners. Yeah. So basically, if you want to come with us and you know have a little drink with us in the bar, kind of, you know, in the interval and afterwards, then that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um. So what date have we decided on? We, well, so um, Emily and I've booked tickets for the nineteenth of January, which is I think a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Nice um, day. And currently, so some of the dates are already sold out. Um, the date, the the tickets are going jolly quick because they've had five star reviews. They are growing great guns, which is I mean just amazing. Um, and so we booked tickets for one of the days that has the most availability. So we've gone for the nineteenth of January. If you would like to come and join us, please go and book a ticket. And what we'll do is we will be in the bar afterwards. And we, you know, if you want to come and meet us, say hi, have a little chat then that'll be the day for it. And if you do book a ticket, drop us a message uh, through our website, ladieswholondon.com. Let us know that you're going to be there because if no one's turning up, we'll just go home. But (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be nice to, you know, meet a couple of listeners and, you know, find out what you do and who you are. Exactly. And for some of you, 19th of January, you'll be thinking, I've no idea what I'm doing in January. And some will be like, brilliant, it's empty. So up to you if you'd like to come just go and book a ticket on their website they are all one price as i understand it 27 pounds unless you're a concession um you know student or um a distinguished elder or um you know there's disabled concession as well so if you want to come along um there's still accessible seats there for anyone who has a disability book a ticket for the 19th of january and we'll see you in the bar how exciting. I know, I'm kind of excited by the prospect. We're probably going to get nobody now, but we're putting it out there. Let's let's give it a go. Why not? Why not? We're going to have to have our new little embroidered um, pieces around our neck or something. Yeah, we can wear them, which would yeah. be brilliant. Yeah. So there we go. Lovely. Amazing. Wow. Excellent. So on with the pod. Yes. Now, um, fabulously, last week we had Lee, who was so much fun, uh, but we didn't do podcast pedestal from the week before we didn't so the week before i was talking about russell square and the russell square hotel yeah yeah and do you remember it was really fun i particularly enjoyed the titanic links to that because i think that's Mm. fascinating and the links to cats as well the musical or well um the the what was written um by t.s Eliot, who lived there Mm. um which is just fantastic. The fact that Russell Hotel comes up in this massive musical. Yeah, um, such a good connection. Um, so, yes. So, do you remember what your podcast choice was? I do. There is a pair of dragons, one of which is inside the hotel. 
uh, which is called George, or rather Lucky George, and the other one which is attached to the Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic. Uh, so I went for Lucky George, or the, the pair of dragons, um, because I thought that was kind of lovely to have these these two identical dragons, one in this massive institution in London and one in another massive institution that didn't make it back. So um, at the bottom of the sea. So that's what I went for. What did you go for? Um, I, so I went for the expression all doled up because mm. um, the architect was a man called Fitzroy Dole. So this is where we get the expression. And he was a man who looked at the finer things, the details. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't seen a picture of the hotel actually you can find it on our blog so we've got a blog on our website and i've also put a picture on uh, on there of lucky george um so yes the expression all doled up the finery so which way do you reckon it's gone this week well, it was super duper close on my personal Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it was super duper Literally close on all like, of them. what was it, two points? Something like that, yeah. Um, so, oh God, I think that your choice is blooming good. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that, thanks. Do you know what? I think it's gone your way. Well, let me tell you, it's 59 to, uh, sorry, 51 to 49. Is it really? It's super close, mate. Oh, super close. Come on, give it to me. It's yours. Is it mine? Yes. Is it mine? Yes. <laughs> You're due a win after all the losses of the last, oh, of last week. Oh, gosh. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So there we go. Oh, brilliant. I need, to, I need to use that expression more now just to, to celebrate the fact that I won that. Absolutely. That's all Yay, doled up. Fantastic. Well, done. well yes. done. Congratulations, my darling. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fab. So, um, on with this week's topic. What? Where yes. did we land? Oh, well, actually, we didn't do the wheel, did we? Um, oh no. Uh, Lee picked a little piece of paper out of a hat. He did indeed. What did it say? Uh, it said Soho, which is great because there's is. so much stuff in Soho, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What? Remember what, what, I on earth he, what are you talking about? <laughs> I decided to talk about the Windmill Theatre and Laura oh, yes. Henderson. Oh, yes. Excellent. Right, which I'll is, sit back. Honestly, <laughs> she goes, and remember, it's a little bit naughty, this one. It's kind of fun. Oh, yes. How could I yeah. forget that this week we've got a bit of a cheeky one? Yeah. So uh, it, it's a story that I've loved for quite a while. I There was a film made about it a few years ago called Mrs. Henderson Presents with the lovely, lovely actor who you may have heard of, Judy Dench. Um, yes, it rings a rings tiny, a teeny little bell. <laughs> um, well, this tells the story of Laura Henderson, who was a really interesting lady. And we like interesting ladies, don't we, on we this do. pod? Uh, she was a woman who... Now, um, she, she apparently, by all accounts, she was a bit of a riot to be around. She was a little bit of a party animal. Mm. Uh, she loved a good time. But by the time we get to her, uh, she's slightly older. Well, yeah, sort of towards the, the, the latter part of her life. Um, and she decides to buy a property in Soho because she's been left an awful lot of money. She had been married. She had a son. Uh, her son died very tragically in World War One. And then her husband died a couple of years after World War One finished. So mm. he had had quite a lot of money. He left her an absolute ton of money. And she was not only somebody who loved a bit of fun, loved, you know, a girl about town, um, but also she'd been always massively into the theatre. So by the time we meet her, 
for the purposes of this story, mm. she has a ton of money and she wants something to do. So she decides she's going to buy a property which was called, well, at the time it was called the Palais de Luxe. Mm. And it's on Windmill Street. Now, Windmill Street, uh, like so much in London, if you have the name of a place that is fairly obvious kind of our oh, great windmill street and you look at soho today and you think why well very simply there was a windmill that was there all the way through to the late 18th century when the whole area kind of gets developed and then in the early 1900s this cinema called the palais de luxe opens on the site now if you if you want to get to um a great windmill street if you're coming out of piccadilly circus you go up shaftesbury avenue and it's about two possibly three streets up on the left hand side and the minute you turn down into the street you see a building ahead of you on the right hand side of the street which has got windmill theatre up the side in big lights you can't miss it it's no, right there it's huge um but like i say this was not the original name it was the palais de luxe now the palais de luxe was a cinema but it was not really a very commercial success and so what they'd done what do you do if it's not things aren't a commercial success what do you add you add boobs. So it basically become <laughs> a bit of a sort of blue cinema. And so Laura Henderson thinks, nah, this, you know, and, and it's, it's a, you know, there's not much going on. Wait, they're hang on a minute. Selling... So they're, sorry, Alex. So they're showing films that have boobs in yes. or are people selling ice cream with their tops off? No, naughty films. Naughty, naughty films. films. Okay. Some sort of X-rated cinema. Right. And, uh, but you know, it's not making that much money and it's all a bit of a, bit of a flop really. So Laura Henderson goes, right, I've got all this cash. I want to invest in a theatre. So she buys the Palais de Luxe. She brings in a chap who is a theatre designer. Um, and he, he's called Howard Jones. And he, she brings him in and he redesigns the whole thing. Uh, and she's bought it in 1931. So we're talking, you know, well, be, well before the Second World War. But it's going to come to prominence in the Second World War itself. It opens up in June of 1931 as what's known as a, as a playhouse so it's doing theatres and all this kind of stuff and and it's not really working again the the money's not coming in so she resorts back to doing films really and then she thinks actually no you know my love is theatre that's what I want to do so she goes out and she hires a theatre producer called Vivian Van Damme what a fantastic name an amazing name I mean it could not Vivian be more theatrical Van Dam yes. or Dam? Dam. Dam. D A W M. Dam. Vivian Van Dam. You couldn't just say, Hi, I'm Vivian. It would always no. be Vivian Van Dam. Well, he was known as VD. VD. That's how everyone knew him, VD. Wow. Which I think is kind of cool. I love it when people get those sort of little BD. nicknames. Yeah, just it's quick, but it's, mm. you know, snappy. So he was known yeah. as VD. And she brings him in and she says, Look, you know, let's do some theatre. Let, let's figure it all out. And he creates this thing called the Revue de Ville. Now, what the Revue de Ville is it's sort of a mix of the review shows in Paris. We're thinking kind of Moulin Rouge, Folie Berger, mm. that kind of thing, but also Vaudeville. So they're doing this kind of all these different like entertainment and variety acts all the way through from early on in the afternoon, sort of two, three o'clock in the afternoon, right through till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And these sort of rotating acts and they would come through. And... Uh, really, it was rubbish. It didn't work at all. It was, again, oh. a commercial failure. So Vivian Van Damme had a little bit of a think and he was like, right, how are we going to encourage people to come in? Well, I've already told you the answer. How are they going to do it? Tits. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> boobs. 
And he was looking again, you know, he was looking at the places he'd taken inspiration from. The Moulin Rouge in Paris, which is famous for being, you know, a, a topless, um, mostly naked kind of cabaret type thing. Mm-hmm. And the Folie Bergère, which was similar, all kind of dancing with, you know, a few boobs and that kind of thing. And he decides, okay, well, listen, I'm, let, let's do that. And so he brings in naked ladies. <gasps> what? Gosh. Naked ladies. I oh, know. gosh, don't say it again. I know, right? Um, and so when he, brings, when he brings this in, what do you imagine happens? Well, it goes nuts, doesn't it? Well, it goes they've got those as well, do they? Well, yeah, probably. Um, so he goes he goes bonkers. And people start coming in and they're like, yeah, brilliant. This is great. Now, at this point in time, theatres were... There's kind of this weird arrangement that it'd been around for a couple of hundred years. So... During the, we're going to have to rewind historically slightly. If we go back to the period when uh, Oliver Cromwell's in charge, we are a essentially a republic for eleven years. Oliver Cromwell outlaws theatres, so there's no theatres happening. He was a, I think, horrible histories refer to him as somebody who is as much fun as uh, pants made out of barbed wire, which is about right. Yeah. He was super unfun. Anything that was that was fun, enjoyable, he, he outlawed. You know, makeup. Yeah, Christmas. I mean, goodness, who, what kind of Grinch outlaws Christmas? Mm. Um, and at that point, he also outlaws theatres. So when Charles II comes in, he brings the theatres back. But he also says that the censorship of the theatres comes under the Lord Chamberlain, who was basically the most senior chap in the royal household. And that had sort of trickled down and it was still in um uh, in place when we get to the 1930s and into the 1940s so the lord chamberlain has this essentially ultimate rule over what he reckons is acceptable on stage now do you think he's going to think that naked bouncing breasts are going to be acceptable um well i'd like to think well not that i'd like <laughs> to think that he was all for it but i've got a feeling that he's going to be a bit of a yeah a bit of a, a debbie downer he's gonna be a fun sponge right here so he says nope sorry you cannot do this he, his rule was sort of if you move it's rude if you move it's rude god yeah. even if you wave at someone oh yeah, gosh. you know if there's if there's a, if there's a jiggle of a of a, of a pert uh bazoom, then uh nope absolutely not it's it's pornography and vivian van damme goes to him he, he basically has to sort of re-argue his case and he says to him look you go to the national gallery and you go in there famously as the um uh the gorilla girls say the easiest way to get into the national gallery uh in art is to be naked uh mm. so you go to the national gallery and there are pictures of naked women everywhere and vivian van damme says this is what i'm doing on my stage i'm not doing anything different this mm. is art and he yes you go of, vd yeah and he kind of has him over a barrel so the lord chamberlain sort of says right okay well fine if the girls don't move I'm going to allow it. But he sticks to his thing of, if you move, it's rude. So Vivian Van Damme goes, great. So he sets up these huge, big um, kind of tableau where he has singers and dancers who are all fully clothed. And then he has naked leaders who are positioned in kind of tableau. So they're sort of being, you know, Grecian goddesses or they're being, uh, you know, sort of mythological creatures and that kind of thing. 
and they are there on stage. And, and he, he played with it a little bit as well. So they wouldn't necessarily just be there. They would gradually, through the show, would be, you know, bits of their body would be revealed by the dancers who were going around and, you know, taking like veils and things off them. So it might be a shoulder and then an ankle and then whoop, there's a nipple, that kind Gosh. of thing. So it's sort of bit But by they bit. can't move at all. They, they have to move. stay still, but the they people are taking still. their clothes off. Yes. Wow. I wonder if it's, you know, like um, Red Light District and yeah. you have the ladies kind of like up at the, I don't know much about this, um, <laughs> <laughs> you have the ladies kind of like in the windows yeah, and they, Amsterdam, you know, yeah. um, tend to kind of like just pose or just like make one kind of like, I don't know, almost like still models. I wonder if yeah. it comes from that time. Um, I wouldn't have thought so because they do move in the windows in Amsterdam. Um but yeah, I mean, the, the it's this thing of, of looking appealing and being essentially artistic, mm. but not moving. But the thing is, he would get around it in kind of crazy ways. So he one of the things he did is he um, instigated a fan dance where the dancers would kind of dance around these naked girls and cover bits of them with fans and then gradually kind of reveal different body parts and all very kind of sexy and, and all that kind of thing. Wow. Um and he also got around it by having bits of scenery and props that moved around them. So, for example, there was one instance where the actual stage moved. So the woman is is standing still on the stage, but the, bit of the stage is moving. Or one thing where you had this massive rope that came down and one of the girls was holding onto the rope, you know, rather elegantly. And the rope was being moved. So she's being moved by the prop. She's not moving. Wow. Yeah, so, so he you, was being a know, little sneaky. So uh, as a... a- you know, an actor or an actress back then being naked on the stage, you really didn't have to do too much at all. Well, exactly. Yeah. You were there looking fabulous and being mm. revealed or all that kind of thing. So it's, mm. it's, he was really playing fast and loose with these rules that he was given, but it worked because the people were crowding in and we, we get up to the second world war and you think from 1939 onwards, there are thousands of young lads who at the age of, you know, some are 16, 17, 18, they're coming down to London, mm. they're heading off to the front. They don't know if they're ever going to be back. A lot of them won't be. A lot of them have never seen a naked woman in their life. So for them, their last night or one of their last nights before um, they, they go off to the front, they're coming to the Windmill Theatre to see a naked woman. And it's so exciting for them. And there were stories about some of them sneaking live mice into their into the theatre in their pockets and then letting them go on the stage so the girls would kind of scream and run. And, and you know, that was no. very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And VDs yeah. going, don't move, don't move. <laughs> right? We'll get the Chamberlain in here. <laughs> exactly. So, it, it, you know, it would have been incredibly exciting. And there was one stage during the Second World War, it's quite early on, where all of the theatres close. Uh, and it's in sort of the 1939 era before anything major has really happened. It's it's an era that's called the phony war where mm. war's been declared, everyone's panicking, everyone's being, you know, signing up and being conscripted, but not much is actually going on. There's no bombing happening. But at the very start of this, everyone is panicked that every, you know, it's going to, there's going to be bombing and all sorts. So at that point, the theatres are closed for a little, just a couple of weeks. But then, Everyone gets a bit sick of this phony war. Nothing's happening. And so everybody just goes about life as normal. The theatres open back up. And what the windmill does is for the rest of the war, even when London is being bombed during the Blitz, they do not close. Wow. And so their tagline was, we never closed. Now, there were times when, the, particularly when they really, the heat of the Blitz, so the... Um, 
the the winter when it's really really heavy they do take the shows down into the kind of the basement rooms for a little while mm-hmm. but they are still doing shows day and night for these lads for anyone who's coming in and they're packed to the rafters wow and what they so their their tagline of we never closed becomes we never clothed which is what everyone's oh, referring to them very as. good very Just good fantastic yes and so that if you've seen Mrs. Henderson Presents, which I would recommend seeing, you've got Judy Dench as Laura Henderson, and you've also got Bob Hoskins as Vivian Van Damme. Great casting. Mm, mm. Um, you know, not everything in that is 100% accurate, but it is a great representation of it. And one of the things they have is one of the main girls in it goes out, uh, actually, I probably shouldn't do a spoiler in the film, but anyway, um, she's, she's caught up in the bombing. Um, and that is something that the girls were caught up in because of course the bombing is happening and you've got to think as well when london's being bombed okay that is horrifyingly scary everyone is terrified but also these buildings you know if if there's a bomb nearby they will not only shake but but sort of sawdust and and dust will will fall from these buildings as they're kind of shaken so Mm. there's this extra level of terror and through it all these girls are just carrying on they're just dancing they're doing their thing which is amazing now there was a lady called um margaret uh, who was known as uh, as maggie uh, margaret mcgrath but she goes off and later in, in after the war and marries a film star called michael rennie have you heard of michael rennie mm, i don't think so he's not a name we know massively now but if you're a fan of the rocky horror picture show okay uh, there is one song in it and they sing michael rennie was ill the day oh, the world yes. stood still and oh, so yes, he's quite yes. he was at the time a very famous movie star but she was a windmill girl um she ended up going and marrying him moving to hollywood becoming best buds with elizabeth taylor and all of that but she tells some really quite vivid stories about the windmill theater and she said you know we worked hard and we played hard but that's because Vivian Van Damme was, um, you know, he that was his thing. He said, look, you know, we've got to enjoy it. We've got to get through it. And he was quite strict with the girls, but he was also really, really well loved. And he was very protective of them. So whenever a girl was leaving the theatre, uh, he would make sure that she had her tin hat with her. And he would make sure that she would check in with where she was going. And he said, you know, if you don't come back, I know where to dig is essentially wow. his thing wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah wanted to know that they were okay he wanted to know that they were um gonna be safe and that he could account mm. for them essentially mm. which i, th- I think is lovely it's not just yeah. what's about entertaining the troops and bringing the money in but th- these girls they were family really i mean what they mm. went through and they went on tour as well they did all sorts of different tours they would go and entertain the troops on uh, sundays that would be the day they'd go out and do these tours in kind of aircraft hangars and and oh canteens and all sorts of stuff all over the place mm. and um she said maggie says that she remembers this one occasion where they were out uh, entertaining the troops on this sunday when the theater was closed and um that they were just performing in the lights of the um the the, the lorries they put the headlights on they were kind of <gasps> improvised spotlights which is amazing. And wow. they were doing it all like the RAF stations. And she, you know, she she performed for people like um, Douglas Bader, who's one of the really big Battle of Britain pilots as well. Mm. And there's a fantastic phrase that we don't know who said it, but it, it was one of those phrases that went around, which if you remember, do you know the, the phrase that was said by Churchill about the RAF, the Battle of Britain? Mm, remind me. Never in the field of human conflict mm. was so much owed by so many to so few. And this was changed for the windmill girls. Never was so... uh, Sorry, let's try that again. 
never was so much shown by so few to so many. Oh, they love their puns, don't they? They do. They really love a bad pun. And this, you know, they seem to have an awful lot of fun. And these girls, you know, they stayed friends for for the rest of their lives, a lot of them. Um, she did say that she would go up onto the roof. And, and so as well as being dancers and or um, the tableau girls, they would go and stand on the roof and they would be essentially the the, um, the fire watch for the theatre. So she would go up there and Vivian Van Damme would be up there and they'd have buckets and pumps and that kind of thing. Um, and she said, look, the Great Windmill Street got hit mm. and that they went out and had to look for, for bodies in the street. They all went out and helped, you know. So it's it's very easy to kind of glamorise the Second World War and, and say, oh, these women are so glamorous and it's gorgeous. Yeah, but they were dealing with a lot of trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. They must have been terrified. Yeah. And just, you know, that that feeling of being a bit kind of titivating and the choreography and being together yeah. must have helped mentally so much. Yeah, absolutely. And they, were, they, they did have um, a loss, at least one that we're aware of, which wasn't one of the girls, but was um, the electrician well he was an apprentice electrician he was a 17 year old chap called peter and he was the younger brother of one of the windmill girls he was killed in uh in this bomb that that fell on great windmill street which is um pretty awful um Mm. there was one lady as well who um well actually they a few of them ran into some stables nearby that were burning uh and they basically ran in saved these horses and ended up sort of tootling around piccadilly circus with these horses just having saved them from this burning stables near the theatre and then we're kind of like what what, what on earth do we do yeah then? what do we do and she said you know in the end we just sort of hung around a piccadilly circus and started singing and 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 all that kind of thing and then they were uh, <laughs> just like got on the horse like galloping around the circus yeah. and then they uh and then a bomb went off again uh, very close to where they were and they lost the horses but found them again and managed to sort of round them all up um, and then they decided right what we're going to do let's take them to the police station so off they tootled to the nearby police station with these six horses and they called Vivian Van Damme and and they said you know Mr Van Damme we've got two of your windmill girls here and this is I think shows absolutely how fantastic Vivian Dam was he didn't say you know he, he was just really cool he just went what have they done? Fantastic. Like, you just thought it was hilarious. And they'd obviously been up to no good. And actually, they were just saving horses and, and sort of um, doing all of that. But yeah, he seems, like a, he seems like a really loved guy. Mm-hmm. Really, really fantastic. And um, he would invite the girls back to his flat with his family uh, and, you know, go around for Sunday lunch and all this kind of thing as well. And and his wife, a lady called Sheila, um, they, you know, very much loved as well. And, and yeah, they'd kind of go around... They'd go around and see him too. So I need it, to see an image. Do you know what he looks like? Yeah, Vivian? I do. Um, I mean, he's kind of he's got these little sort of round glasses. Let me find a a picture of him, and I'll bring him up just to show you. Um, here we go. Well, and again, we'll pop one on the blog so that you can see. He's kind of he's an intriguing little chap, actually. I say little. That's really uh, um. Here we go. He is right here. This is him. He's got little sort oh, of round wow. glasses. He's got a rather, rather friendly, if slightly nerdy face, I think. Oh, very sweet. Yeah. He's sort of rather comical, little round glasses. Oh, he doesn't yeah. look as theatrical as you might expect him to look. Do you know, he, I don't know if Alex Heverington listens to our pod, but <gasps> um, he's another Blue Badge guide and I'm feeling the Alex Heverington vibes. Yeah, I think so. He's got definitely got the glasses of Alex Heverington. Yeah. 
Sorry for people. Like, <laughs> I don't know who Alex Hetherington is. Google Alex Hetherington. Lovely chap. Lovely chap. Um, now, there was one of the women who um, did get caught in one of the bombs. Now, luckily, she she wasn't killed, but she was really, really badly injured in this bomb blast in 1940. Um and they took her to hospital and they had to do quite a lot of, of skin grafting with her. Um, mm. She's a lady called Joan Jay. Um, and they she did actually return to the windmill, having had all these skin grafts. And she came back. And what the wardrobe department did is they had to make these special knickers to cover the scars that she got. Um, wow. So she carried on performing. But, but just I mean, the amount of love and yeah. just like... I don't know. It just sounds like um, so family orientated. Yeah. Beautiful. I know. Absolutely lovely. And so this was just such a huge, uh, a huge deal. You know, this is this was the place to be in London. Everybody mm. loved coming here. Mm. Um, and as you can see, it, was, it felt like, you know, a family and, and they, they just loved it all. It was it was wonderful. Now, rather sadly, um, Laura Henderson did not live to see the end of the world, uh, Second World War. She was already in her late 70s when the war started. Mm. She died in 1944. Oh. Age, now I've, I've read a, a couple of different reports, either sort of 81, 82 age, kind of okay. rather vaguely there. And what do you imagine? So her, her son has died in the First World War. Her husband's mm. died as well. Mm. What's she going to do with the theatre in her will? She's going to give it to VD. She gave it to VD. Yeah. She absolutely did. She gave VD the theatre and he decided to kind of carry it on. And he actually created it into a very famous comedy theatre. And there were so many very famous names who had some of their really big first breaks there. Uh, people like Tony Hancock, Spike Milligan, uh, Bruce Forsyth, even Tommy Hello. Cooper, Barry Cryer. I mean, Barry Cryer is still around and still an amazing comedian. Anyone who knows, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, will know Barry Cryer. He is fabulous. Um, and, and all of these, you know, all these people, Peter, Peter Sellers as well, Harry wow. Seacombe, all of these massive names. Wow, have tread the boards there. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Vivian Van Damme ran the theatre up until he died in 1960. He mm. was in his uh, early 70s at that point and he left it to his daughter. So it started to kind of come down um, the, the the line a bit. Now, his daughter wasn't really into theatre. She was a rally driver. She was called uh, Sheila. Um, and she, she tried to keep it going. It wasn't quite her thing. And, and Soho has sort of by this point started to be a bit more run down and become a bit more seedy. Um, and realistically, the theatre, because it's it's gone from being um, the windmill theatre with all the dancers to becoming more of a kind of review show and mm -hmm. comedy and all that kind of thing. There's still dancers and things, but it's not their, their primary focus. And eventually, in um, 1964, uh, Sheila decides, actually, you know what, I, I, I'm out, I can't do it anymore. So it, it, it got closed down. It was then rebought again and turned back into a cinema which is where Ooh. it came from originally. Oh, showing the odd uh, blue movie? Back to more blue movies. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We talking um, kind of carry on or? No, no blue. bluer than that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely very much in keeping with the theme of, of the whole thing and, and, with, and with Soho being a bit seedy as well. Mm. Now, what then happened is the essentially the kind of porn empresario of Soho bought it. Do you know who that is or was? Um... Mm. I'm sure I've heard of his name before. Go on. Paul Raymond. 
Uh, Paul oh. Raymond was known as the kind of the porn king okay, of Soho. Yeah. Um, so he he opened it. Uh, he he bought it and basically t- turned it into a you know a, a kind of it's coming more towards slightly kind of CD lap dancing table dancing kind of clubs, and mm. that's kind of where it is at the moment. Now he uh, Paul Raymond did a little bit of burlesque and stuff like that, but you know realistically it became a little bit of a of a CD joint. Now I did re- read that it's had a bit of a redo in 2021 and it has opened up again and they've sort of doing um uh, food and stuff as well but i think it is still slightly on the level of you know a bit more kind of table dancey kind of kind of clubs okay so it's real heyday was from 1931 or two through the second world war up into about 1960 particularly during the second world war and i just love this idea that laura henderson has just gone I am a massive theatre fan. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make it work. And with with VD on board, she absolutely did. So if you want to see the film, it's called Mrs. Henderson Presents. It's got, it's, it, I mean, it's really lovely. And it's got Will Young, who plays the kind of the MC in it as well. Um, and it, it's very interesting. They've played a bit fast and loose with some of the details in there. But it is a really, really good watch and it will give you a real sense of what the Windmill Theatre was all about. But for me, it just sounds like such an amazing place, which would have been quite liberating for the girls who were dancing there. A real, you know, point of interest for these lads who are coming to London and about to head head away. And some of them, you know, literally give their lives for their country. And what they've decided to do is is go and, and, you know, literally the thing that all boys hope they're going to do is see some boobs. And that's wow. what they've gone for. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, I've I've seen Mrs. Henderson presents, you know, advertised, mm. but I didn't know that it was connected to that. And they did do a theatre show of it a few years ago, um, oh. but I didn't see it annoyingly. So I didn't quite. Uh, I, I don't know what it was what it was like, but it was based off the film. Um, I think it was quite good. I think it had really good reviews, but I didn't get to see it sadly because I was just a bit mm. slow on the uptake. I'd like um, to see the inside of the theatre. Maybe you know, if we're doing um, Operation Mincemeat on the nineteenth yeah. jam, we should go in a go, go in to the strip out, joint the next day. Check out the strip joint. <laughs> it's up to you guys. If you want to do Operation Mincemeat, or you can meet us in the bar at the uh, the windmill. Yeah, you can you can pick whichever is more your sensibility. Um, <laughs> But I just sort of, I think it's such a lovely story. I do. And yeah, so that's why I wanted to pick it this week. And that's the Wimble Theatre. And the rather glorious Laura Henderson. Wow. I've passed it so many times and I've spoken a little bit about it, but not to that depth. So that was fantastic. Thank you. And I'm wondering actually if I can find out where Laura Henderson is buried. Oh, yeah. Because um, I don't know. One of the things that I think is really lovely, it gives you a sense of the relationship between Laura and Vivian Van Damme is he he described her as and this is absolutely wonderful a great strain on one's nerves patience and tact oh which I think is fantastic oh and I should mention as well um Mrs Henderson presents the film doesn't just fly under the radar um Madame Dench did get uh, an Oscar nomination for best actress for it oh lovely there which you I go think well done yeah good old Judy mm. or as I like to call her Dame Floozy Stench um, yes. But there we go. Dame Hench. Dame Hench. Fan. Podcast pedestal. Well, do you know what you're going to pick for your podcast pedestal? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, I've just had a look at her burial place. Unknown, it says. Oh. So I don't know where that would be then. Maybe under the stage. Oh, could you imagine? Gosh. It's like those uh, those poor um, 
the, the dolphin ghost that we've spoken about. Have we spoken about dolphin ghosts before? Dolphin ghosts? Yeah, at the Hippodrome, just down the road. Oh, the was ghosts it dolphin- of dolphins. Yeah, the, the ghosts of uh, dolphins going into the aqua theatre. Yeah, exactly. Did Something like that, that yeah. Before, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So there we go. What are you going to pick? Um, well, I just love the the fact that the, the show must go on every day, even when the bombs are falling down, because yeah. for a split second, it allows people to forget about the horror that's happening. So I just, I love that because it would be for the good of the people performing and also the people that were watching, just to forget about things and just look at some boobs. Yeah. So I think the... Uh, what is it? We un- We were never. We closed. never closed. We, we never. We never. So it's we never closed was their tagline, and we yeah. never. And then it was sort of satirically changed to we never clothed. So I think I'll probably go for we never closed because okay. that's that's more the the reason why. Like I love the fact that they continued during World War Two, even no even knowing that performing in a theatre um, would have been pretty dangerous. Well, I'm tempted to go for we never clothed. Oh, hello. <laughs> Is this a bell one, bell two? Oh, uh, Or hammer God. one, hammer two? Uh, <laughs> face off again. Um, oh, am I going to go right, for yeah. that? Am I going to go Let's for that? Let's do it. Let me think. Let me think. Or, um, no, I think I am. Because I quite like the idea that, that you know, this whole thing, that the theatre was a, 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 to pardon the pun, a bust um, before they decided to get, you know, naked girls on stage. And that's the thing that made everybody go to see it. And that's the thing that made it a huge success. And that's what all the lads were going to see. Oh, that's true. So maybe I'm going to go for We Never Clothed. Or am I going to go for Convincing the Lord Chamberlain? Ooh. No, mm. let, let's have a let's have a face no, off. No, let's go for that. Let's go for that. Let's have yeah. a face off. I do think that you've probably picked... No, I don't want to downgrade mine. My one's fantastic. <laughs> we, never we never closed. I mean, we never closed. We never closed. They never yeah. closed. And I'll go for we never clothed. So those are your options this week, chaps. There you go, guys. So um, the problem on Sunday or email us or whatever you fancy. Um, some of our emails I've found are going into a random folder on the email. So if... Um, if for some reason I don't respond or Emily doesn't respond, give us a nudge on Instagram or something. But um, yeah. for some reason they're going into a weird folder. But we're, we're, we think we're on it now, um, which is good. So there we Great. go. There we um, go. Before we spin the wheel, any news? Any updates? What have you got? What have I got? So I am starting to pick up my pen again. So I'm Yay! putting my daughter down and actually being able to have a couple of hours in the evening now. So um, I'm doing a couple of commissions for couple of people that have approached me so i am starting to draw again so if anybody fancies having a look at my work um i'm on instagram at sketch underscore history and if you like my style and you're thinking maybe it might be a bit early but if you want to get some something for someone for christmas um let me know let oh my me god know. it's under 100 days to christmas that's so depressing i know <laughs> i know but if it's you know an a3 piece or something with a lot of detail i've got to do it now do you know what i mean yeah absolutely get the work in get the working um what about yourself although i know that you've launched yeah i have put up my uh the next couple of months of walking tour dates on my yeah. website yeah. everything from harlot to i mean i've got my christmas walks up now my christmas lights <gasps> walking do you tours. Have them up? Oh i do gosh. and last year they sold out so get in there quick 
But one of the exciting ones is people have been asking about this for a little while and I've got two dates in the diary. Um, one is this Friday, so it's probably a bit quick for most people. The next is, I think, the 27th of November. Yeah, 27th of November. I am doing a public tour of Westminster Abbey. Now, people have been asking for this for a while. It's going to cost the same amount as a normal tour, £15 plus the entrance to the Abbey, which is 20 quid. So I'm basically putting it all in one um so it's 35 pounds and that includes your entrance and um the, the the tour with me um numbers are limited on that um and if you can't make it this time there's i may do another one in the future if this one is successful uh but that's the 27th of november or this friday which is the 24th of september uh in the morning so um go onto my website alexlacy.com and i've got um dates up there for street art for harlots for Black Londoners, for the um, Blood and Guts in Smithfield, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, <laughs> everyone loves Harry Potter, um, all of these amazing uh, street art walks, uh, uh, sorry, um, walking tours. So um, do go and have a little look. They're only £15 per person. You can book them on my website. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. The Wheel of Destiny. It's time. So it's time for the dun 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 dun, dun the wheel of <laughs> destiny. I don't know why I'm doing that. We've got someone know. else to say it for us. Yes, uh, and we've had two weeks since you spun the wheel. Are you doing okay? Are you managing? Oh, I've been spinning it every day, Alex. Of course you have. <laughs> every morning, um, I got Carmen's little finger on it the other day. Yeah, oh bless her. <laughs> just uh, just bringing her up. So uh, let's just go for it, shall we? Let's see where it's going to land. Let's just go for it. Off we go. <laughs> Oh, it's a bit soggy. Are we in the River Thames again? We're in the River Thames. Are we? We are in the River Thames. Ooh, and uh, we... why were we in the River Thames last time? Um, I don't remember. Oh, Frost Fairs. Oh, Frost Fairs, yes. Oh, yes. Was that the Thames one? Yeah, it must have been. That, that must have been the Thames one, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, why are you so going to go we, for What we talk about... Um, so oh, I tell you what we did yeah. go up recently and do uh, our first sort of outside interview didn't we which will link in very nicely to the Thames at the Brunel Museum oh we with... did yes oh so um the SS Great Eastern yes the launch the launch I guess yeah. that could be in the Thames couldn't it because well I guess yeah. obviously ends yeah. up in the Thames <laughs> ends up in the Thames yeah yeah Okay, yeah, let's do that. Because do that? then we can, yeah, we can um, put our little interview in there. And we also have uh, a particular um, offer oh, we do. For, for, the Brunel, well, for the Brunel Museum, Brunel Museum, which we'll tell you about yes. next week. All right, we'll do that next week. Oh, yeah. that works perfectly. Perfect. Oh, we've, my been, God. we've been waiting for a little option to slot that in, haven't oh, we? So just, that's great. Hang on a minute, I'm just going to kiss the wheel. <laughs> which is great because we did, um, well, Emily did uh, the Thames Tunnel a few weeks ago, which was a roaring success. Everyone loved that one. Oh, and... The Brunel Museum got in touch with us and said, hey, do you want to come up, go into the tunnel and listen to the trains going over and that kind of thing. So we did. So we went and met uh, what are the lovely lady from uh, the Brunel Museum and did a little mm, interview. Catherine. So um, that will fit perfectly, won't it? Perfect. Let's do that. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Nice one. Well, um, I just want to say a huge thank you again to Hannah for yeah. our wonderful gifts and also yeah. the cake as well. Yes, absolutely. Which you didn't get a look in on. Which but, I didn't um, get, but still. Take it from me. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but 
and thank you to everyone who's sent us lovely messages in the last week. We've had quite a few, actually. We haven't been able to shout out everybody, but um, keep them coming. We love chatting to you. Yeah, um, we do. And uh, we will see you next week. Yes, and remember as well, 19th of January, if you fancy yeah. Operation Mincemeat, yeah. uh, it's at the Southwark Playhouse, and we'll see you there. <laughs> and I should say, we're not affiliated with them in any way, shape or form, just no, we're just the fact that, that we did a, an episode on it yonks ago, and we thought it'd be really lovely to kind of use it as a kind of a get-together. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, especially New Year. You want something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that that would be the highlight for <laughs> everybody to come and see us. I'm saying for you and me. It'll be the highlight for you and me to get out, won't it? We're like, oh, yay, human people. Uh, there we go. Well, listen, thank you so much, everybody. Lovely to see you, Em. And lovely to see you. Thank you once again to all of our listeners. Yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.